Welcome back to I Did This Instead of Killing Myself, stand-up comedy podcast based in Greenville, South Carolina. It's the week of May 2nd, 2022. I got my sunglasses out because this week I'm on vacation. By the time anybody who's watching this sees this, I will be in Key West, Florida. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Florida makes me happy. Um, so, so yeah, that's going to be good. I, uh, I love Florida. I think, um, Florida gets a really bad rap. Um, but any kid who grew up in the Midwest loves Florida because Florida means we get to drive down in the minivan for spring break and go to Disney world or go to, I don't know, whatever place in Florida. Like everybody, everybody would vacation there and that was like heaven because the midwest winters were so freaking awful so that's my association with florida key west should be good i don't know if i'm going to try and do stand up down there or not but i hope you guys have a chance to relax this weekend or had a chance to relax this weekend um and i'll be back this thursday uh at comedy zone um but first couple of days i'll be off so anyway we do have a great week though and we do have a um Great guest today, Lane Wilson. I really like our guest today. A um, couple of reasons. Lane's a woman. We haven't had a lot of ladies on, so we're up in the the quota of uh, females on the podcast, which is great. And also, she is 60 years old. Young. 60 years young. And I don't want to date her. She did actually say her age during the interview. So, uh... I just, I really, I really like Lee. I mean, we only hung out a few times, but she's always been so gracious, so warm and supportive and kind. And, and I really like her. This is going to be, I don't know if this sounds weird, but I like her because she's like a normal, well-adjusted adult. Like, and you know, she's older, but she started stand up in 2019. Um, but she just like went for it. Like you don't have to go into stand up thinking it's going to, you know, um, you know, you could do it just because you love comedy and you love to make people laugh and, and you just want to do it. You don't have to go into it thinking, Oh, I'm going to make this like a career or, you know, have any particular goal in mind. Um, and it's never too late to start. So like, if you've ever thought about doing an open mic or it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter how old you are. I mean, we had, uh, David Zasloff on earlier, uh, last, um, year and I, he's, I don't know how old he is. I think he's like 77 or something. And great shape still killing and he does he still does gigs paid get whatever so anyway inspiration for whoever and she's just so sweet and has a lot of interesting stories um so i i really enjoyed our interview today uh lane um came of age in the 70s in the disco era so she was kind of a disco gal we talked about that um she had this great story about when she saw bill hicks for the first time in 1983 uh, when he was opening for Jay Leno. And uh, I really enjoyed that story. And uh, we just talked about comedy, her experience in stand-up, and um, just kind of shot the shit for about an hour. So I really uh, really had a good time in this interview. I think you'll enjoy it. It's only about an hour long, so I uh, hope that helps you ease into your Monday. Before we get into the interview, though, here's what's going on this week in local comedy. The week of May 2nd, 2022. Our open mics 
beginning um, here in Greenville, beginning with Coffee Underground tonight. That's at 7 o'clock, hosted by No Expectations Comedy, Craig Holcomb, Travis Thubbend. Get there at 6.15 to sign up. On Tuesday, we have Art Bar in Columbia, hosted by Patrick Fowler. That starts at um, about 9 o'clock. DM Patrick to sign up. Um, also on Tuesday, we have the Auditorium in Asheville, hosted by James Harrod. That show starts at 9. Um, on Wednesday, we have the Radio Room in Ash- or here in Greenville, hosted by Adam Schulte. Uh, that starts at 8 o'clock. Message Adam to get on the list. Uh, also on Wednesday in Asheville, we have the Disclaimer Music Hall. That's an 8 o'clock show. Um, and a DM. Carrie Goff is a decent point of contact for that one. On Thursday, we have the Jokes Out Loud Comedy Show at the Comedy Zone. That's hosted by Brandon Rainwater. Um, show starts at 8 o'clock. $10 cover to get in. Um, sign up for that is at 5 o'clock on Sundays uh, at the Jokes Out Loud Facebook page. This weekend, our celebrity comedian is Mario Tori. He's toured with Kevin Hart. He's going to be at the Comedy Zone. Um, there's three shows um, uh, this weekend. One on Friday, May uh, May 6th at 8 o'clock, and two on Saturday, um, May 7th at 6 and 9. Tickets available at greenvillecomedyzone.com. That's it for local comedy. Hope you guys have a great week, and I hope you guys enjoy my interview with Lane. Here it is. This is not working. It's not working? It's not working. So is, mm. is that working now? I think That's, so. Oh, yeah, I think look at we're it now. good. Fact, yeah. Lane Wilson. Yeah. Welcome to my place. Thank you. And thank you for letting me be here. I reached out to you. <laughs> no, don't, don't say that on the beginning. No, no, I, no. I'm going to say I reached out to you because um, I, uh, I, a lot of new comics listen to your podcast. And I want to be that story about what not to do. <laughs> and you were there, so you saw what not to what do. What not to do? What do you mean? Well, at Comedy Zone a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. And we'll just start there, and then we can unpack it after that. So what uh, happened at Comedy Zone a couple weeks ago? You weren't there? I was there, but, but I, don't, I don't necessarily... You're talking about your set? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, yeah, what else would I be I, talking about? I don't know. Could be something happened on your way to the bathroom or like something happened before or after I the wish show? it had happened on the way to the bathroom and not on well, stage. I didn't watch the whole set, I don't think. I think I was maybe in the back or doing something well, else. Well, I was... So, so refresh. I'll refresh your memory. Uh, it was... Um, I was doing my set. It was four and a half minutes in and I called a couple of audience members out on the front row who had been chatting all through my set sons of bitches all through as well, you should no 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 call them out no this shit is, on them <laughs> no because here's what happened if you didn't see it and if you didn't see it man you missed it um they were sitting on the front row and these two young women and they'd been talking through everybody's set mm-hmm. they were, i think they were talking through your set Mm. Uh, I could just hear the chatter and something happened and I, I was in a good mood. I wasn't tired. I wasn't hungry. Uh, I, I was, <laughs> I, you know, the everything timing was good. And I just stopped and I said, excuse me, but am I interrupting you? Perfect. No, that is not bad. No, no, because I'm here to tell you that no matter how good it feels in your head, 
it'll never feel that good afterward. Because as soon as I did, everything got very quiet. And, you know, the, the voice in my head is saying, abort, abort, but you've got 30 seconds left. And I, I so I don't know where to go. I, I lost my place. In your set? In yeah. my set, of course. And, uh-huh. and so I'm continuing to kind of berate them and thinking, <laughs> how am I going to get out of this? So what my, why I wanted to talk to you about this today was the advice is, okay, like you just said, do it. Yeah, bitches, they needed it. Yeah. <laughs> they just needed to, you know, that slap across the face. But if you don't have an end game, yeah. if you don't have a way out of it, yeah. it is terrible. Why? Because the whole because the audience turns on you, right? The they audience think, turns they think on you're you. You're being too mean. Yes, without... yes. And they didn't really turn. They just said nothing. There was sort of shocked, mm. shocked um, responses. It was chalk uh, silence is the best way to put it. Mm. And it, so here was the other thing that happened too. I felt is that I just sort of took the buzz out of the room. For the rest of the comics. And that's, you know, that's not fair. I, I That's not fair to them. Um, and it and it didn't, again, it didn't feel good. It didn't feel good. I think you're being too hard on yourself. I, I don't know. No, all I have to do, no, no, it, it. Man, this is like weighing on you. Oh, yeah, it's been living in my head for two weeks. Really? <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, and that's gosh. why I thought, well, that's, not, I just, because there were a lot of um, young or, okay, new comics in the room. Mm-hmm. Clearly, I'm not a young comic, <laughs> but I still consider myself a new comic. Yeah, because I, you know, I started January of 2019. Yeah, yeah. And with the so three years, three years, yeah. Mm-hmm. And with the the pandemic going on, I haven't really had that much stage time. Sure. So, um, uh, there are the comics there that we can learn from mm-hmm. who who deal with the Tom Emmons is the best yeah. as far as being able to handle. You know, Tom Emmons, he thinks the podcast is stupid. <laughs> he didn't want to come on. Tom. I'm Tom! He doesn't listen to this. Oh, well, if okay. Anybody then, listens to this, Then we tell, can talk about Tom, him. Yeah, Tom sucks, bro. I'm just kidding. No, Tom's great. <laughs> Tom, and he is, uh, I think, uh, I forget what his tenure is in stand-up. I think it's probably like, 10 plus years yeah i know so we got to think about things like that i mean i have to think about things like tom by the way is mean to audience members sometimes if they're out of line tom will go hard on them well i saw that once yeah what did he do do? well he he uh a couple years ago and he he just started shouting at this table that was you know and first of all why would somebody pay 10 bucks ahead to come in and talk through a comedy set yeah well a lot of times they just don't know what they're doing i apparently yeah or they can't follow directions because the host normally at the beginning says don't do that mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. yeah and some people if they come in late and this particular night people did come in late for for tom Mm. and and he yelled at them and said hey it's really loud over there Mm -hmm. but it Mm -hmm. it was a it was a weird night shut up yeah yeah yeah. but he could do that he could do that yeah but it's a skill. It's strange. It is That's a skill. That's why I think the stage job is so important because you uh, you can't simulate those experiences. You just have to be up there enough times till a jerk yells out and then you try it one way and 
it doesn't work and then you try it a different way and it does work but unfortunately comedy is a learning experience yeah and performance is a learning experience yeah it's almost like you are your experience yeah you, yeah you are the same thing yeah as yeah. how much time you've done yeah well and it's and especially if you're uh, you know i am that subculture subculture of people who like to fix things yeah and it uh you know i i will yell at the people in the walmart parking lot that haven't put their carts back oh you know yeah. you will <laughs> oh <laughs> oh hell yeah yeah and i you know i'm running after him and doing but i can so get, what is it is that like type a perfectionist type personality no it's bossy it's Boss? just yeah it's just full-on bossy just you know it's a subculture are you freaking out seeing my apartment and how messy it is no, that does not bother me. Is there any me. part of you that's like, oh no, my gosh. No, just, no, no, no. That's, gotta that's get my not. Because uh -uh. okay. this is not hurting anybody. This is not hurting anybody. <laughs> leaving, hurting me. leaving your card out. Oh, I feel no pain. No, there's no pain. No. Uh, I'm leaving a card out and I, I just want to say, oh, did you just wear your fat ass out in Walmart and you can't walk it back to, to, the, to the cart corral or yeah, whatever it is? Yeah, yeah. But I don't want to be the cart cop, but I have yeah. heard about that. Do you think that's a measure of somebody's moral compass if they don't return a yes. card? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And talking through somebody's set is a measure Dude, of I agree. Moral they compass. should like add these to the Ten Commandments. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you're not returning your car, because that's definitely a Bible gray area, but, you know? <laughs> gray. Yeah. There's no, there's no grocery yeah. carts. Let me find a scripture mentioned here in the that's talking about Thou carts. shalt return your Walmart Ooh, cart. I don't know, but this was written like 6,000 Thou shalt years not ago, interrupt. So. Do you think Jesus ever had any hecklers when he was giving his sermons? Like people... <laughs> <laughs> You think? Oh hell yeah! <laughs> Didn't you see him? Yeah, <laughs> he was up on this cross. And Do you think they were he ever got sick of like doing miracles yeah. for people? Like, oh my god, another blind guy! Jeez. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Show us something different. Yeah. <laughs> Give yeah. me something fun to cure. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're gonna we're gonna be hit by lightning here in mm. any second now. So yes. Oh gosh, you yes. don't know the so, awful things. So it's a yes. I think what she said about moral is is where I was standing. Moral. Yeah, yeah. I think that's inconsiderate <laughs> to not return the cart. Yeah, well, and and uh, going back to the these these two gals, these two gals, and yeah, uh, and and um, so it as a as a new comic, learn to take it. Have you? I mean, has that ever happened to you? Yes. And what did you do? I I uh, so this is well, I've had a few like heckler experiences. Um, one lady, uh, this was at a bar show. She was incredibly drunk. I think I might have told this once before, but screw it. I'll tell it again. So um, she was kind of being rowdy and talkative and like responding to what I was saying, even though it's not rhetorical. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. This woman kind of got me. Okay. So I have this thing where I, um, I, okay, wait, first of all, she stepped on a punchline. So I said uh, something, I'm not even going to do the joke, but I was about to say the punchline and then she guessed at it, guessed it wrong, and then just interrupted the joke. Yeah. So I got mad. So then the next thing I do is I do a pun I do like a, a pickup line to an audience member. It's kind of like this little I don't know if you've seen me do that before. So as a part of this pickup, I chose her. I don't know why I didn't choose a different audience member to do the pickup line, but I chose her. I went up to her and uh, part of the thing is I say, I'm a comedian. And then she said, But you're not funny. Oh, which cuts deep, no matter what. Yeah, I was yeah. Like, I was like, this bitch. Yeah. I want to kill this bitch. I know. You get the beer bottle smashed. This, this fat, drunk 
Shanker. <laughs> All Spartanburg style. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fat yeah. drunk bitch. The I, worst I kind said that. of bitch. I yes. said that. Oh my gosh. Okay, see, this is yeah. Um, so what and then oh, then she said, um, but I bet you could make me laugh in bed or something. I was and I was like, Oh my gosh, where did this how does this chick have these one liners? Those are pretty good. I know. <laughs> and the audience laughed at it. And I was like sitting there. And then I said, there's no amount of beers in the entire world that could get me in bed with you. But Touche. But I didn't really say it that gracefully. So the <laughs> I kind of thought up how to say it the right way. After, and I kind of said that, but it wasn't enough. And, said, then, oh. and then once you lose to a drunk, overweight chick from Wisconsin <laughs> heckling you, <laughs> there's no recovering from that set. <laughs> I basically had seven more minutes to oh, no. suffer through of that set. And at that point, I was, yeah. Sam Merrill said something about bombing or, you know, heckles and stuff. If it doesn't go your way, once the audience pities you, it's over. Uh-huh. The audience cannot pity you. You always mm-hmm. have to be in control and in command mm-hmm. of what you're, what you're doing, what's mm-hmm. going on, and other materials. So, mm-hmm. dude, I was sunk. And that was definitely a humbling, humbling experience. So, yeah. Long answer slash story to your question, but uh, and not exactly the same because this one was kind of hostile. Very savvy with the drunk yeah. comeback. Damn, this that wasn't her first time. No, I will just bet no. you I that was just not said. her first drunk heckle. I should have said. In fact, she probably stole that from somebody else. <laughs> she saw somebody else do it and she stole it. So and thank that, you, Lane. That just that makes helps it, me survive. That that just makes it worse. It that, does. Yes, it yes. does. There's nothing worse than a heckler stealing a heckle. <laughs> Almost no. as worse as stealing someone's joke. Yes, joke yeah. stealing. Yeah, not good. Yeah. Yeah. But I, so, you know, I, uh, as, as I said, I'm obviously not um, a young comic, but I've been going to comedy at small clubs forever. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I remember in Austin, Texas, there was a, a place, if you don't mind me talking about this. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Um, place called. So you're, Com- you're from Austin, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. That, that's the whole hook em, fire up. Yeah. yeah. How yeah. long ago did you move here? Like what- Six, 16 years ago. Okay. Yeah, so we you were, were in Austin early 2000s. My husband and I were working at the University of Texas and then he got a job at Clemson and and we moved. What were you doing at University of Texas? I was administration. Okay. Yes. And he what worked, were you doing at administration? He was professor. And I uh, did, um, I worked in the office that handles grants and contracts. Okay. So I was the irritating bureaucratic middleman that kept people like my husband away from their research dollars. Ah. So, yeah, but he married me anyway. That's amazing. No, you are a great face for bureaucratic administration (laughs) because you're very sweet. I hate bureaucracies. I hate. I do now. I hate the DMV. Mm -hmm. I hate any Mm -hmm. sort of paperwork. Insurance documents, taxes. God, I got to do my taxes. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you should. You are you are a very nice face for having to like being in administration, though. And you learn to be nice. Yeah, you do learn to be nice because we do have to deal with bureaucracy ourselves. So, mm-hmm. so I, you know, I became a nice person mm-hmm. there. Uh, so we moved here, but in Austin. So you know, graduated from high school there. Went to the university. I always say I went to the university for lunch. Because college was just too hard for me. <laughs> Wait, what does that mean? I didn't. College was too hard. I went to UT for a semester and a half. 
Okay. <laughs> so you dropped out after I dropped concert? out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was disco. Disco. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Think about it. Did you it. like disco? Everything I am today, I owe to disco. Really? And, and I have this very, Dance. very Dance. deep feeling, and it's controversial. Controversial. Don't hit us with it. That uh, um, Saturday Night Fever killed everything that was good and funky about disco. What? Why? How? Because it brought this very slow, monotonous beat to what had been very funky before that. We're talking Parliament, George Clinton. Okay. Uh, cool in the gang. Um, uh, I can't, you know, just off the top of my head, because I was not prepared to talk about disco today. No, I don't know. <laughs> no, talk about whatever. Let me Google it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I was, you know, the all the white people and let's just say it all the white people trying to look like uh black people john travolta oh john travolta yeah yeah <laughs> Never mind. I got and that it was like oh, oh okay but <laughs> but anyway so but then so i started going so to, disco made you drop out because i love to dance i love yeah. to dance do you ever do roller disco back then I they did. Okay. So I wasn't about to. Yeah. Well, was I, that a common thing though? It was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I saw people doing it and yeah. admired it all the same. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but then this um, and there had been, okay if we're going down this rabbit hole, there had been um, the you know the Chippendale dancers. Yeah. And, and they opened a club in Austin called La Bear. Okay. And you know, I'm uh, you know, twenty This is like an adult gentleman's club. Yeah, well it's it's except you know, it's, it's gentlemen stripping for chicks. Yeah. <laughs> and I went, you know. <laughs> one of the funniest things, one okay, one of the funniest things is we were at La Bear at, uh -huh. at a um bachelorette party. Okay. And I came in late. And, and I'm coming in and I'm looking for the par my party. And there's, of course, around the, the, the stage, uh -huh. they're the bachelorette. She's the bachelorette. Right. And I sat, I'm talking and I'm about to sit down and I hear, hi, Lane. And I look up and I knew the dancer. <gasps> His name was Tim. And the dancer flagged you down? Yeah. Yeah. The dancer. Yeah. He was like, hi, Lane. I'm like, oh, hi. <laughs> was he, was he naked? <laughs> Almost. <laughs> And, you know, just to be square, I had never seen him naked. He was just a friend. He was a buddy. Good looking. I will say that. Man, very pretty. <laughs> and um, so I was like, oh, yeah, Tim. And he went by the stage name of Special K. Because <laughs> all we had to do was just pinch an inch. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was my guy. <sighs> My buddy and the guy that uh, danced after him, though, was known as Sergio the Flexin Texan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, points. You know. Sergio was he uh, Hispanic? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. But I was very <laughs> proud to know Tim Timmy because uh, he was the most popular dancer there, yeah. and I didn't have to pay a buck to kiss him. <laughs> you, oh my god! Oh. I got out of there free. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Lay, this is amazing. I know. Yeah, I'm telling you. So I, you were in college bed, at this point or college age? I was point? out. I was. I had already dropped out. You dropped out, but you point. were still yeah. like early 20s. Yeah, yeah, early 20s. And then fast forward, this type of entertainment isn't as popular anymore. Uh -huh. So LeBear became Comedy Workshop. And 
that comedy that okay so it was a strip club and it, it turned club, into and then it turned into and i was like yeah i've been here wow okay so yeah. it turned into like a normal comedy club yeah yeah did they have open mic nights there they did did and you I, ever consider i considered i did consider uh but i wasn't funny and oh bullcrap no no you and you understand too you have to come up with five minutes and that doesn't seem like much but when you're trying to it's a lot it's a lot yeah when you're trying to be new and you're new at it mm-hmm. so I, I just decided well i'll become a comic historian and and just understand <sighs> comedy too uh so there was uh and there was a, there's a comic named bill hicks i know bill hicks of him i have seen bill hicks Mm-hmm. So I'm, and I was there in 1983. See, this is a story I love yeah. telling. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I was there, Bill Hicks, me, yeah, in the back, drinking, doing lines. <laughs> what that is was this us. You? What was you doing? Is this you? No, I didn't do any of that. Oh, okay. But that's not to say that I, but I sound like that person. I oh, sound, that person. Yeah, I sound that, like that person. I was like, yeah, I was the there and Bill Hicks first came out. Back in but, my day. But I, yeah, back in my day. <laughs> but I was, I was there yeah, yeah, yeah. when Bill Hicks first came out and he opened for Jay Leno. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and he was funnier than Jay Leno. Really? And there will be a lot of people say, well, everybody is funnier than Jay Leno. But this was kind of in Jay I Leno's. Like Jay Leno. Yeah, this was and in I've his, never seen his act because. Um, the, this was in a small club. Yeah. Think about it. It was in a small club yeah. in 1983. Um, and um, but Bill Hicks opened for him and I was hooked on comedy clubs yeah, at that point. Yeah. And so every time he every time he'd be in Austin, I would see his show. And I'm talking about Bill Hicks now, um, you know, sometimes uh-huh. twice while really? he was there and he would tell a joke and it would be hilarious. And then I'd go back on Sunday and he would tell the same joke, but he'd have a different punchline okay. to it. And and it would be just as hilarious. Wow. So, yeah. Interesting. It was, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool. You saw him evolving his act yeah. even in the course of a weekend. Um, yeah, yeah, he would change it. Mm-hmm. He would change it. He was he was that good. Yeah. Yeah. And he also, but he was also kind of a train wreck. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I saw... Some of the the times where he would have his screaming fits up on stage. Yeah? Yeah. Those weren't always part of the act? Those were sometimes no, like breakdowns? No. no, those were breakdowns. <laughs> and But no Shit. one knew how to how to respond to it. Yeah. It was like, oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, dude. Wait, so did anybody in the audience laugh when he had those screaming fits? Well, they'd start. We'd all start laughing because okay. we thought this was him just part of the, part part of the show. And, and then- yeah. But then, then we'd be asked to leave. The show would be over. Yeah, and we'd be asked to leave in the midst of those screaming. Well, he was at this time. He was the headliner. Right. So there's nobody after him. Right. You know, you've got these you know, the openers. So did he scream and leave, or was he screaming and he, people were leaving scream- as he was people kind were of leaving as he was continuously at audience members, or he would get off the stage and you'd hear him screaming in the background. He was. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. yeah. Man, that's something. I, I only saw that once. That's but, something to look um, out for. Yeah, but you I could, went back. You, you know? could go crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, could you stand up long enough? You could just. It could happen to us, David. Get a screw loose. Yeah. I think it's already happened. Well, that you know, hence the name of your your program. Yes. <laughs> yes. Is it off putting? 
No, no, no? Uh, because I totally understand. It under- can be. I mean. Well, I totally understand it, and I think you do too. Well, I think my family is uh, had been concerned when it first came out. And they saw that. They were like, well, it's a dark name. It's supposed to be darkly funny, but. And whenever anybody yeah. talks to you about it, well, I remember the first time talking to Jazz Gill, and I had bombed. <laughs> and uh, it was like the third time I had I had been up on stage, and she was talking to me about it. And and she what she said? Well, she was just. Uh, and there's a fellow named Kenneth Hughes. Have you had the opportunity to meet Kenneth? I I know that name. Why do I know? He it, he did 2020 productions. Okay. Before the pandemic. Okay. I don't think I know him. Okay. So he and they, we were outside and it had been a terrible night. And Kenneth said, you don't want to blame the audience, but sometimes it's the audience. Yeah. And they were, so they were saying, you know, this is basically, I think what happened to you and what was happening to everybody else. And then jazz said, yeah, I keep coming back because it's cheaper than therapy. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, well, yeah, yeah, I know, and and I did, I hadn't put that in perspective. Yeah, but the reason, you know, so your your next question to me should be, Lane, you're sixty years old. What on earth made you get up on stage? I would ask you that, except I think I know. Um. I mean, well, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I ask you. okay. What, what, Let's see if you guess it. Let's see if you guessed it right. Oh well, I mean, I think it'd be similar to the reason I do it. Is it's uh, there's no other, there's no better feeling than uh, getting a laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, there is that, and and it makes you feel alive. Uh, I, I don't think um, you know. I was an athlete growing up, and uh, I tell my friends who played sports like this is what it's like. If they want to know, it's like the butterflies you get before game day when you're about to go out and perform this thing you've practiced or compete on a field, you don't know what's going to happen. So there's this uncertainty, this adrenaline. And then you could still, even with all the preparation, you could still lose. Like it's really, as an adult, it's really hard to simulate that excitement. There's no other thing that I can really think of. Public speaking, most people are horrified of, so. And you yeah, don't want to think that you hit your glories days, glory days when you were 17 years old. Yeah. And and if there's a way to recreate it naturally, mm-hmm. then why not? Yeah. yeah. So that's that's a that that's probably a reason. That is uh that is a reason. I feel like I didn't hit it on the head though. So tell me. Well, it was 2018 and um my uh husband had broken his foot. Okay. That's okay. That's all right. It, it wasn't me who broke the foot. It was him. Uh-huh. But his mother had to go from independent living to assisted living. And he couldn't help. And okay. it was in the same building. You know, it went from here to there. Uh-huh. And you'd think that would be very easy. But she uh, is a hoarder. And oh, e- even in a one-bedroom apartment, she's a hoarder. And, oh, God, you know, I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. She's mean. She's just this mean person. <laughs> Your mother-in-law? Yes, yes. She's she's mean to my husband, and I don't like it that she's mean, <laughs> just mean, nasty person. And uh, so it was up to me, not not to move the furniture, obviously, but to pack her up. Her? And, to pack her up? Yes. She was not willing. I mean, she was not capable of helping okay. at this point. So, um, and she she couldn't take all this stuff downstairs. And 
so there was this day where I was trying to wrestle 10 pairs of white elastic weight waist slacks uh-huh. out of her arms. <laughs> and she's surprisingly strong for an 87-year-old woman at that right, time. Right. And and it was, I, I, she just didn't understand. And I hated that I was the one that had to deal with it. Uh-huh. And uh, so, and... I started feeling like I was in a dark place. Okay. okay? I'm going to admit it. You know, yeah. I have never been depressed before and I didn't know how it felt. And I thought, I think this is how it feels. Interesting. Yeah. And so I'm thinking situational. So why do you think you felt that bad? Because you were mad at her. I was mad at her. And it wasn't really. Oh, and here's the other reason. which I mean, makes she's this, old. This is why I'm going to go to hell. <laughs> because a year before... My mother, my mother had died Mm -hmm. and my mother was sainted and wonderful. Okay. And so every day I would look at my mother-in-law and it'd be like, why wasn't it you? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of where I was. So that's that's not, that's not the healthiest. That's honest though. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and understanding, recognizing to getting into kind of a dark place so what do i do i've never been here before i would uh come home and i would sort and i would handwrite funny stories that had either happened with her mm-hmm. that day if if anything did funny happen or i think about something that happened in my ill-spent youth in my 20s when yeah. i was dancing disco when yeah. i should have been going to school and yeah. you know things like that and but it was the anger, frustration, and kind of like darkness of being mad at your mother-in-law yes. that got these stories out of you? Yeah. I felt like I had to do it. So That's great. That's so, great. Well, so I wouldn't get any darker than I already was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, are you familiar with like Jungian, Carl Jungian psychology? No. Hell no. Because you know? I've never felt this way before. <laughs> Well, this is more, I don't know if this is specific to just male development or if, if, if there's an element of this with uh, women as well, but um, part of uh, what Carl Jung talks about is the integration of the shadow, which is the dark parts of your personality, the dark, vengeful, kind of dangerous part of yourself that exists. Um, if you're an agreeable person, you tend to suppress that. You tend to shy away from it. And that's the person that's always nice, always pleasant, always this, always that. They can be a pushover. People kind of shove them around. And then later they uh, come to work and blow up and mass shootings and all that. Yeah. Not, not literally that, but uh, but yeah, they can blow up because they haven't integrated that dark part of themselves. And they're not they're not really a good person. Because a good person is not harmless. A good person is somebody who has the capacity for harm but doesn't use it. Like somebody who has a sword but doesn't use it. That's like the noble, wise king. You want to be like that. You don't want to be the little the one, bit. The, the king that beheads everybody. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a tyrant. Um, or And by the same token, you don't want to be just like a little peasant in the kingdom that's powerless and nice to everybody because uh, screw that guy. Yeah. He's useless. <laughs> so like you, everybody has those bad thoughts and the shadow is part of that. It's like the integration of those dark thoughts. So like your horrible thoughts about your mother-in-law. Like I think that's a good thing to like express them and, and get 
find a way to honestly express them through jokes or whatever you did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did. And guess what? What happened? Um, so you've seen some of my, my sets uh-huh. and I do have like a whole series of jokes about where I volunteer at an assisted living facility. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, uh, all the jokes about the, uh, the mean old ladies, uh-huh. it's just one. Yeah. But I make it out to be these 10 little... It's just one and it's about your mother-in-law? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I love it. I yeah. love it. And they, I think those are funny because like those are thoughts that everybody thinks, but it's not appropriate to say. And then when you come out and say it, everybody's like, oh, finally. Somebody yeah. said it. Like, <laughs> I hate my mother-in-law too. Yeah. And, and that's such a trite joke too. It's like, oh, my mother-in-law. But uh, uh, so she's given me these jokes uh-huh. and um so her life was not a waste, not a waste. <laughs> whatever benefits me right how selfish and narcissistic See, learned, is that oh god i learned that her life is not a waste because it gave me jokes well my husband has been to my shows where i'm telling these jokes and he knows it's about her does he get offended no 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 because she's mean to him she was mean yeah. to him you know, even as a little kid, mm. she was mean to him. So it's like, yeah, if you're getting some good laughs out of it, let's go with it. So, yeah. yeah so that was, I would say that was in um, September of 2018. Okay. And then, uh, so I just kept thinking, these are funny jokes. Yeah. These are funny stories. They're making me laugh. Yeah. And um, I kind of was putting some jokes together. And when you're driving in the car. And a joke hits you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that happens. That time, yeah. 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 And that's, so it's like, okay, you got to remember that. You got to remember that one. And, um, to get your phone and write it down while have, driving. I mean, yeah. I do that. I'll, I'll write it down when I get home. Yeah. Yeah. I should wait till I get home. Yeah. Tempting <laughs> fate. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. It so was, it was September to January, right? When you were, and I did my first stand up really at, and this is, I did my first stand up at my Bible study Christmas party. Oh, cool. <laughs> because we were sitting around, and I'm Lutheran, so we drink a lot. <laughs> and uh, maybe not as much as Catholics, but we drink a lot, you know? And isn't that funny that Catholics drink? Yeah. Well, you know, water into wine, all that. I yeah, guess. Yeah, I mean, you get one verse in there, that loophole, you just. Yeah, wow, yeah. Just exploit the shit out of that. Looking for loopholes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. Always- <laughs> yeah. So there it is. So we were, you know, we, you know, alcohol was involved. And uh, one of the gals said, well, okay, what are you guys looking forward to doing in 2019? And, and I said, uh-huh. you know, I'm, I'm thinking about doing some stand up. Oh, yeah. Okay. And one of the. One of my buddies said, well, okay, we got any jokes? And so I immediately stand up <laughs> and start telling jokes. Was that the wine that made you stand that up? That was the wine okay, that made I, me. I never would have. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I would have yeah. been so horrified in the moment. Oh, at a Bible study? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to understand. We're just we're, among friends. And it's yeah, not well, even a well no, these were friends. Yeah. Yeah, they were but, friends. Well, so my, I'm so afraid of what even my friends would think. Uh Really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't like to invite friends to shows even necessarily. Wow. Now I'm getting to a point where I feel a little more confident to wear like You should. You, you know, should. No. I, I guarantee you they will support you. And here's why I'm gonna say that. So we're gonna we're gonna circle back now yes. to the night from two and a half you know, one and a half weeks ago 
two weeks ago, whatever. Uh-huh. And then then I have to go because I have to feed my man. You got to go already? No, I, I know. Well, I can stay a little bit. I can stay a little bit. Wait. <laughs> 33 minutes in. Okay. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's okay. fine. Go ahead. Go no. ahead. Go ahead. No, it's fine. If you got to go early. Now he can, he can put it in the oven. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so what I noticed that night... So you, I'm going to say you started in 2020. Is that when that yeah. was your first? Yeah. And the um, the group that was there two weeks ago was um, these were guys that came started when you started, uh-huh. and I could feel the camaraderie in the room with really? all of you guys really? and the the support that you were giving each other. So um, to the the vibe in the room was was good i felt uh, like yeah that's good yeah and we almost don't notice it but uh stand up uh that's like there's energy always you can tell if it's awkward energy mm-hmm. you can tell if it's good mm-hmm. you can tell if, if it's really like if people are doing really well the laughter you can feel that mm-hmm. it's cool you can feel the vibe of the camaraderie too before it ever started before mm-hmm. the shows ever started well because you know we get there early mm-hmm. we get to the show early and you're hanging out with your buds yeah and that's, yeah, uh, the hang you know, is huge first and it's your great. first time you get up on stage and you do your first stand-up and the ones who have done it before come out and are there for you mm-hmm. to tell you you know good job um, you know, very supportive, mm-hmm. and it and then it sort of snowballs from there, yeah. right? Yeah, right. yeah. Right. Uh-huh. So, um, I was gonna. Ask, so, you were going. What did What did you do? Uh, say in front of your Bible study group. I wanted to go back to that. Oh, I told them the joke about. Um, I'm originally from Austin, Texas, one of the hippest, coolest cities in the country, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I was not, so they asked me to leave, <laughs> and uh, then I just, you know, yeah, I told a couple other jokes about um, I'd been a model, mm-hmm. and um, because I was kind of tall and I was really thin from doing uh, copious amounts of cocaine. <laughs> 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 and so you talking about cocaine use in front of your Bible study? Well, yeah, because it's helpful. I like you know it's yes. That's again trust. Trees. I'm the I'm the I'm what not to be. You don't want to be yeah. like this, yeah. you know. So um, it's yeah. So I've shared all kinds of stuff with mm-hmm. that. So yeah, and and I look back on. So of course my this friend, one of my friends there that night came up and said, you know, this is really funny. And I would like to support you on this. Mm-hmm. And she said, I'm going to go with you. Let's let's find some open mics and mm-hmm. I'm going to go with you mm-hmm. the first night. That's great. That's what I was going to ask. What what got you from that night to yeah. the stage? Because that's actually like for people who've never tried it before. It's a big leap mm-hmm. to go from just talking about it mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. carefully sharing that you want to with friends to getting to the mic oh, that night that you tried the first time. It's and now big... now when you're thinking about it, does it just scare you to death right now, just thinking about how that felt that first night? Kind of, although it scares me more to wonder if that person who texted me didn't text me and I never went. The idea of never going, never oh, having yes. gone scares me more. Like oh, it was yeah. so close that I didn't ever start. And I, by the similar token, I'm kind of mad I didn't do it way earlier. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, I, but I, didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know there was anything, you know, I didn't know there was like a a network of people 
like with the open mic call it's very it's like some it's a culture it's like underground yeah, kind of yeah. that not a lot of people know yeah. about the it the underworld yeah. yeah yeah the the open mic underworld yeah 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 rory scoville used that that term to describe it's like this underground you know community i guess mm-hmm so yeah, if you don't know that exists, you don't really know that it's an option. So well, um, it's always easy to say. And so when you could have, would have, should have. Yeah, yeah. So I knew there were open mics, but I didn't know about the under undergroundness of it. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I, you know, I I googled open mics yeah. Greenville or Upstate because yeah. I wanted to try to be close to home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, and I saw, you know, Comedy Zone and yeah. uh, and went, and that's when you kind of discovered it. So what so you're you're telling yourself jokes. You're talking to you uh-huh. and you're thinking of jokes. When when did you say, Okay, this is it. I'm gonna do it. Me? Yeah. So um when the COVID lockdown started, my company asked me to make some funny videos, work from home type videos. Super. I love video editing. Uh-huh. Uh, it was one of my favorite things to do in high school. I actually wanted to be a movie director at some point, mm-hmm. but out of practical reasons, just did something else. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. anyway, something lit up in my head and I made these videos during quarantine. So I was thinking about comedy and I was like, stand up. Like I, I want to try that later. Had you ever done any performance like in plays or anything in high school or, um, or even outside yeah. of high school? Or? Uh, no. I mean, I did a play in middle school, but I was always so afraid <laughs> of what other people would think. I was so terrified of judgment. My face would turn red whenever I spoke in public. I was mm-hmm. very insecure, but I also like was really excited about it too. And I, I probably have a little ego where I like attention and I like performance, um, like athletic achievement wise. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. played football. But um, the moment that I decided that I wanted to get on stage was I told a joke idea to somebody and I heard them laugh on the other side of the phone. And uh, I was like, okay, I think I could get a laugh off that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, it was all I had. Uh, the joke was horrible. <laughs> the joke was horrible. It's misogynistic, I think. It was, why are there more women pilots? And, why? And I, well, I said it's probably because they're not great drivers. And then the audience like hated me. That's not even a joke. It's but there's a story. joke that they tell. I've heard a guy say, why was Helen Keller such a bad driver? Yeah. Because she was a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that joke and I I laugh at it. Right. Well, that wasn't that wasn't it. So the part that yeah. got the laugh was I wish there were more women pilots because I think 9-11 would have gone differently. Because <laughs> I think if there's more. If there's one thing I know about a strong, confident woman, what she's good at, it's shutting down a creepy, aggressive dude. Oh, yeah. And like okay, she would I shut see. down the terrorist. Yeah, I see. Because yeah. the terrorist is probably pretty desperate for women. I mean, he's blowing himself up to get 72 virgins. Yeah. Talk about yeah, desperate. That's, oof, yeah. So that, it was a dark joke, but I think the line about, you know, the woman shutting down the terrorist, I think I told that to uh, my friend Mariah on the phone. Mm-hmm. I heard her laugh on the other side. And that was the first time I said something and it got a laugh. And I was like, okay, I got this one thing. So if somebody ever asked me to go on stage or like, cause, the, cause, um, comedy zone, Mike hadn't started back up yet. This was like, yeah. June. Yeah. And then I had a comedian friend, Ellen, who asked, Hey, I'm going to this mic tonight. Do you want to come? And as soon as I got that text, I was at the hospital working on some sales stuff. And wow. I was like, 
I had but a you went to pit watch. in my stomach. No, I went oh. up my first night. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, yeah it was horrible. I I went the week before I was going to go okay. just so I could kind of see what was happening. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even do that. I just yeah. <laughs> I was so scared mm-hmm. and uh, hadn't missed a week since basically. Yeah, yeah. I know, so, I know. And there's good nights and bad nights. Good nights and bad nights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that was my story. So, uh, yeah, so yeah. Your first night. How did that go? Tell me about. Well, uh. What I have told my husband was the worst possible thing happened. They laughed at me. <sighs> and because I was prepared to go up and, you know, tell some jokes and, and say, well, you know, this was my first time. Thank you. I appreciate it. And go off and know that I had tried. Wait, you so you wanted it to be a one-time bucket list thing? I thought it might be a one-time bucket list thing. Okay, so it went well. Yeah, it went really <laughs> well. But I look back now on that because my friend videoed it. And mm-hmm. uh, man, I sucked. I was, you know, my timing was very slow and it was clear that I was nervous. But let's put it but in perspective. It was the first and I got some laughs. Yeah. Being, being, a lot of times that likable thing thing and, and you know you'll get laughs and yeah that's great yeah. that's and all you want to do that's that's dead. all you want yeah Just don't be a dick don't do what i did although i did get a couple of laughs off that the well the thing. there was don't be a dick that's i that's number one because yeah. i was there okay so i went like three weeks in a row uh-huh. after that and the the third week my husband travels a lot so i uh-huh. had a lot of free time uh-huh. and i was this empty nester and i was like ah. Oh. Uh-huh. That's how I'm going to be productive. You know, God forbid I should actually volunteer and do some good in the world. No, no. Dude, no, comedy is doing good for the world. Because I'm making people laugh. Yeah, Ser- what is that? Serotonin? That's better. That gets to, that get you release serotonin yeah. when you that's laugh. That's better than working at a soup kitchen. It's better I than people w- that work at soup kitchens are just pussies cuz they- <laughs> Are they making those people laugh? Hell no. Yeah. Show, show me what you can they do. They just work for ungrateful bums. I'm just kidding. Oh, oh my, my gosh. I'm oh, no. I am. I am. I am separating myself completely from all of that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just I, kidding. I came on here on an apology tour. And now I'm going to have to go to another podcast for another no, apology tour. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Yeah, but see, I like see, I like that. I can't. I like that, that kind of you know where you can say these things, say horrible to your things. friends, and they you know they all have that same dark sense of humor. So yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm a bad person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We are. We're yeah. so bad. I'm supposed to agree with that, Lane. I'm not a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I got okay. on stage and yeah. jazz. It was, you know, get this. It was jazz. Uh-huh. Jazz Gill, the sainted and wonderful jazz. Yes, Gill, ma'am. And um, Jarrell. Williams. Awesome. I got to have Jarrell on. That reminds me. And um, uh, I just know him as Big Daddy Cater. What's his first name? Jamal. Jamal. Yeah. And um, I'm trying to think. Tom Emmons was there. And but Jazz came down and talked to me. And, you know, I had already seen her a couple times. Uh-huh. I saw the first night that I went. And then I saw the second time. I was like, this gal is special. This yeah. one's funny. And, yeah. And she encouraged me to come back. Yeah. And um, that's great. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Jazz has said a few encouraging words to me. Not my first night, um, but just over the course of knowing her. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, Jazz doesn't even know this. I didn't tell her. <laughs> but uh, whenever I get a positive note of encouragement, I'll write it down. Uh, oh, that's good. And my note, just because like I struggle with self doubt a lot, but she's she's somebody who like you know very smart and competent, mm-hmm. very funny. Um, 
so like when she says something you can kind of take Man, it and you take it yeah, yeah of course yeah. that's uh, nice that gosh. she did that uh-huh. so she she said you know she thinks you you have something you definitely should come back yeah, and do it yeah. yeah and and she would always and you know she whenever i'd have good sets she'd she'd compliment yeah. me on it uh, yeah. yeah yeah so and um again we're gonna i'm gonna circle back to that night two years two two weeks ago uh-huh let me ask you yeah did you feel so you know brandon got up on stage and of course he did his thing and he got the audience laughing but then when he got off stage and the other comics got up, the audience seemed to stop laughing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember. Did you get that? I'm trying to remember what order I went. Was I like in the middle? No, you you were like first or second because they kept referring to Matt Addy kept saying, I think it was him that said, you're what white people think Jesus would look like. Oh, oh. So Jacob was there. Yeah, Jacob. Um, it was the night. Was this last Thursday? This most recent Thursday? Two Thursdays Two ago. Two Thursdays ago. Oh, oh, I think I remember. Did I do that dancing thing? See, I can't remember. Okay. I watched every minute of it. I promise you I did. I promise. I'm just... I felt like the show got progressively rougher. For everybody? <laughs> From Brandon's set yeah. on. And... If I'm remembering the night right, yeah, um, it was hard to pull laughs out of the uh, of the audience. The, and it was almost a full house. Yeah, what what I what I think um, could have been going on, and again, I don't even remember exactly this night, but um, sometimes, like, okay, when Brandon goes up, his set's squeaky clean, very family friendly, and then if we have edgy comics to follow, it mm-hmm. might take the audience back of like, oh, shit, like this tone changed, like. Yeah, you're oh, you're yeah, you're hitting oh. us with some unwelcome edgy material, and yeah. then it can be harder to like like it's you got to ease them into your edgy stuff. Mm-hmm. So that might have been something. Um, but that's really happened know. before, where uh, Brandon has opened, and then the edgier comics are up there. So, but there was still some laughs. You know, people still got got laughs. Yeah. But I was thinking, uh, so I didn't know, but I that's probably a very good reason <laughs> I mean, there. And yeah. uh, so, and I was. Um, so I felt like, okay, there's people aren't laughing. And, uh-huh. and so I remembered what, uh, the wonderful Norm McDonald said, one of his buddies yeah, uh, after he died said that Norm McDonald would do his routines and nobody would laugh uh-huh. and he would just plow through these routines. He uh-huh. would just do it. He would laugh. When he was supposed to, right? He laughed when he thought it was funny, and he'd smile. And I, you can just see, and it, the, we're talking Norm Macdonald here. Right. You could just see him doing it, uh-huh. and nobody laughing, but he did it. And yeah, Norm said something specific about that, where uh, he said, "If if the purpose of the night is for the comedian to tell jokes, and people are supposed to laugh, and they don't laugh, that is funny." Yeah, that's the funniest thing that could happen is they don't. So he must, you know, he must have just. I never thought of it that way. He was probably having a great time with all of that. (laughs) It's just a funny situation. Like this guy's trying to make it, and they're not. So like, yeah, Yeah. that's funny. Yeah. So I was. That's why I laugh really hard. Like people give me a hard time sometimes because I'll laugh when jokes don't do well. Um, like I'll wait for it to, and and if if the punchline doesn't work and it's clear where it was supposed to happen and it doesn't, Uh I'll laugh because I'll I know it. 
you know, they I need know that support. Yeah, yeah. we need know, that. I mean, you could interpret it as condescending too, because maybe I'm like, like, ha, you idiot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, if it's happening to somebody it. you I, know, I, I mean then it to like, I don't know, support, support, and hopefully, uh, I don't know. Do you know? I what? don't want to be condescending either, or like patronizing if if it didn't work, but like. I don't think it comes it across awkward. that way. Yeah. It makes it less awkward. You know? Especially if the guys. If the audience is like, oh, sh- all right, the comic too. Like, and the guys, they're waiting. They're waiting for somebody to laugh. And uh, Jazz would do that for me uh-huh. whenever I would tell a joke that didn't land or uh-huh. whatever. And she, I would hear her giggle. Yeah. And it was like, thank you. Thank you, Jazz. Yeah. I appreciate that so much. And so. it's sincere, too, because we know what that feels like. like yeah. A comic knows, yeah. Like what it's, She's knows both... what it's like for a joke to not land. Yeah. 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 Well, and I was thinking, too, as I was, you know, the audience wasn't laughing. The audience wasn't laughing. Uh-huh. And I thought, well, okay, I'm going to I'm going to do what Norm Macdonald did. And yeah, I'm just going to go up there and I'm going to plow through this because this is funny. <laughs> My bit is funny. And uh there was uh, the the comic that came on just before me too was a, a woman and uh, she wasn't from around here, and um, I don't know how graphic we can get with our language here. I don't care what you say. Okay, okay. She um, was she was dropping f bombs, but she was lazy about it. Okay. You know, I'm not opposed to you know the shit fucks motherfuckers going out there. <laughs> I, uh, you know, if it's, uh, I'll, but she I, just use it as like throwaway words. It yeah, wasn't like yeah, critical she, to what the set was. No, and yeah. she wasn't telling jokes. She was just, just kind of talking. It's almost like she didn't have a set yeah. re- prepared. And then she started talking about her um, nine-year-old daughter. Okay. And she referred to her nine-year-old daughter as a fucking cunt. Ha! <laughs> Sorry. That's that's nervous laughter right there. That is nervous I mean, laughter. I mean, I'm not nervous, but yeah, yeah. I'm laughing at how horrible it is. It's it's horrible. Yeah. And and I gotta say that, you know, I'm there, I'm standing and I'm getting ready to go on. It's like, come on, you've been, you know, sitting here for a while, let's get the blood going. And then yeah. she she said this and it was like the wind just went out of me. And I'm not using it as an excuse right. to yell at those two young ladies who were talking through everybody's set, but oh. it was like, oh my gosh. And then I thought, okay, all right, you're going to go up there and your set's going to be completely different because my sets are squeaky clean. Yeah, that's just great. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, well, I'm going to go up there. I'm going to be a completely different comic and maybe we'll get some laughs. Uh-huh. And so, you know, I did my four and a half minutes before the breakdown and and I and nobody laughed. Nobody laughed. Uh-huh. But it was like, okay, no one's laughing at anybody else today. Uh-huh. So uh, I'm I'm not taking it personally. I'm I'm just gonna yeah just gonna go through it so yeah I think I do remember this night um, <laughs> yeah because I I remember I got I got laughs but it was definitely a drop off from Brandon's set and I was doing new stuff but I had to like milk every laugh out of it, it wasn't like the room was just like on your side and it was rolling and yeah um, yeah but uh, <laughs> there's there, yeah there's there are those nights where it's mm-hmm, just like well mm-hmm. and when you have a good night. The last time you're there and it's like, oh, this feels so good. This just feels like a million bucks. And you want to recreate it. And then yeah. the, the air just goes out of it. It's like, yeah. well. Makes you better. It does. And somebody it said, makes- when I was telling friends about this, they said, oh, well, you can make something funny out of it. You know, you'll, you'll, you can work this into your routine. I and I said, bombing stories are way much more interesting than. 
Well, that's I oh, do. I had a great set. Whoa, great! Congrats, good for you. <laughs> I want to hear about the times where you ate shit. <laughs> you got heckled, you know. I want to hear about that. Well, uh, and you know, we've all got those stories to tell. But uh-huh. yeah, yeah. So we'll see. We will see. But I'm gonna. Um, I'm not gonna be. I do have to go. I really okay. do have to. Well, go. I want to ask you a couple real sure. quick things. Sure. So you started Santa. So you're 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 60 now. I'm 63. 63. Okay. Yeah. So I don't want yeah. I don't want to. But you did. No, no. Really I, I'm yeah proud. Which is amazing. So you started stand up at age 60. Mm-hmm. So that is really commendable, I think. I think that's really cool. And like, I mean, what would you say to anybody who's like, I don't know who's listening to this, but like who may be <laughs> older and thinking like, oh, stand up be cool. Never really tried it, but you know, it's too late. It's not too late. I think I'm living proof of that. Right. Yeah. Cause I could be funny. Mm-hmm. I can be funny. Mm-hmm. And like, what do you get out of it? Hearing people laugh. Yeah. And yeah, so that was part of it. That's part of the reason. Another yeah. part was writing the funny stories to get out of depression, blah, blah, blah. So, but there is no better feeling than making people laugh. And uh, that's what I get out of it. Mm-hmm. And I like to laugh. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm laughing. I'm making people laugh. And I, if you sit around a bunch of, of, uh, older people in their 60s and think about what generation we are too Mm -hmm. you know from the 70s and the 80s and uh, we've seen some stuff and we're we were edgy at one time too yeah and that that edginess has carried over so i think a lot of people my age probably could do very well up on stage because what the hell do we have to lose sure Nothing. Sure. You know, we've already lost our pride. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we've already done things that we regret. How this, this is not regretful. Mm-hmm. It's not. If you go up and, and you're no good, then you, you tried. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a way to stay young, too. Yeah. Because think about the majority of the comics. They're yeah. all, all, and if they embrace you like I've been embraced. Yeah. Then it's that's cool. Once you're a comic, you're like in a category. It doesn't matter, you know, age, gender, all these things. Like my dad came um, to a show. He was in town visiting. He saw us at Coffee Underground, and we went out to uh, dinner after. Did he love it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he had a good time. And after the show, uh, it was me, Chris Wilson, Jacob, um, Bill Reiner. Uh, ben Jennings. The usual suspects. Amelia. Yeah. And I was just looking around the table and we were all so different, like in terms of backgrounds, ages, career, totally different. Random, ragtag, weird, yes. weird. Yes. Just lovable loser kind of vibe. Like all of us, you know, have our own dysfunctions and quirks and stuff. Uh-huh. It's like we never would have been a group of. It wasn't for open mic stand-up comedy. So right, like, right. So, yeah. And that's hard to think about that because I love everybody I've met at open mic night. Uh-huh. And it's hard to think, wow, like I wouldn't have met you. Right. And uh, I, th- so it's, it's, that's would be a good reason uh-huh. to go. Yeah. And there's also some people who go and have, have their open mics and they don't do so well. But they respect what's going on, and they come to shows regularly. And yeah. they're, you know, they're they're fun people. They uh-huh. they may not enjoy being on on stage, but they're fun to hang out with. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It doesn't, you know, stand up. Uh, 
that's kind of the misconception too is stand up has to be like on a big stage on netflix on tv it's it's not it's not uh-uh. and even those big comedians if you go see them in real life in a comedy club like they still got to get that show going like it's still just human beings a microphone and they and bomb and sometimes they, do, they, do they bomb. still bomb yeah. yeah not not on the not on the big the arenas because people they're going to laugh no matter what because a lot of times they're not they're not doing their any new stuff they're doing the stuff that makes you laugh yeah and so although i have seen Chappelle bomb in an arena before <laughs> for real i didn't see it uh live but uh, i saw i've seen youtube videos of it it's it's on it's online oh is that where he the most recent where he was criticized and no I can't um that's uh, actually went tremendously well in that room i think it was criticized outside of the room but uh, but yeah mm-hmm. he had one mo- but yeah anyway he didn't care the details aren't that he didn't I mean, care yeah he no didn't. yeah no thick skin yeah out of the next you know yeah so uh so yeah that's cool i'm trying to get my dad to do it my dad is 60 he goes with the year so he's 61 he's gonna be 62 okay so yeah yeah <laughs> tell him hey you know there's this there's this older chick there she is <laughs> yeah and just loving every minute of it so do you think you got your humor sense of humor from your dad um yeah probably i mean my dad was always uh um uh, impressions um he did like oh skits. how funny yeah yeah he did he's did a great kermit the frog bert and ernie like when we were kids he'd do those uh voices for us uh when we were going to bed <gasps> puppet shows and uh he did a was it jimmy stewart impression uh or johnny carson impression um it might have been jimmy stewart at the uh at this kc83 um it's like some uh, evangelical conference uh-huh. in front of a bunch of people, like in, in front of the crowd. I guess uh-huh. he talks about that all the time. So he's so oh he did oh so that was like a performance that yeah. he was asked to do that. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. So yeah. He's, he's a yeah. So what do you think? I mean, I think he's gonna do it. I hope so. Yeah. He's also creative. I think he uh, he's a designer, mm-hmm. so he designs furniture. Mm-hmm. And um, I think creative people have a certain bent to them. He definitely. Uh, has that, and he likes to write as well. He's so, oh my uh, gosh, he's yeah, ticking he off all it. the boxes. Yeah, he needs to do it. Yeah, so yeah, he's yeah. got some stuff he's working on. Yeah, and, okay. Uh, and where does he lives in Michigan? Michigan, yeah. Okay. So he'll have to check out him open mic scene up there, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Do you think he would do it up there, or would he come down here? Um, I think he would want to start up there. Uh huh. If he he might want to do it when somebody he knows isn't there. I'm not sure. If he's like me, I wanted to do it completely anonymously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yes, and well, you know, we're we're backtracking. But, yeah, I, I enjoyed having somebody there to support me. Okay. Yeah. And all you had to do was walk to your apartment, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would have had to get in the car and drive home by myself. Sure. <laughs> to yeah. Central. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I walk from here. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So you got to go. I got to go. I'm okay. sorry. Well, yeah. no, it's cool. Yeah. It's cool. We yeah. talked for an hour. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what do you have going on comedy-wise? You want to shout out any of your social medias or? Uh... Uh, so Lane Wilson comic. And uh, because I'm a boomer, I don't know how to how to do these things. I have two YouTube channels. Two YouTube channels? Yes. And they're both Lane Wilson comic. Why do you I, have two? I, well, I think because I don't post enough. I, you know, I don't have enough tapes, enough 
or videos enough. So I've got one that's got a picture of me, and then there's one that's just Lane Wilson comic okay, that, that was from. To both. Yeah. So yeah, just look at both of them. And uh, comedian Lane Wilson is on uh, Facebook, and um, I'm probably not going to be doing too much. Um, be, uh, next week, well, uh, it's we're getting into spring break. We're my husband and I are going someplace, and then in May and June, a- until July fifteenth, we're going to be in Belgium and Portugal Whoa. for work Look for his work. And this was, and so we still have, uh, we got time. Um, two years ago, for the. Before the pandemic hit, uh-huh. on March 5th, we were supposed to go to Europe for work, for his work. Okay. We were going to spend six weeks in Belgium and six weeks in Italy. Okay. Rome, specifically. Uh-huh. Doesn't suck. No, it's not and, um, and then this pandemic bullshit yeah. happens. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and I had my summer suitcase packed. <laughs> and uh, we found out... You know, so th- we were going to leave on a Thursday and on a Sunday, it was like, oh, shit, yeah. things are not looking good. Yeah. And uh, then on the fourth, Clemson University said, nope, nobody's going anywhere. Oh, my and, God. And uh, we were like, well, this this thing is all made up anyway. It's not a real disease. And then yeah. pretty soon, oh, no, it's a real disease. And then yeah. <laughs> second of all, if we had gotten there, everything shut down. Yeah, you might have gotten stuck. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we would have been stuck. Yeah. yeah. And he so, would have, the, the university closed down. What are we going to do? Right. Yeah. So this is that trip. This is that trip. Yeah. Right. He's he's able to do that so again. I just hope so. the Russians haven't gotten that far over. I know. Damn it. Damn. <laughs> damn Russians. Putting the kibosh. This is such an insane time. Yeah. and But there, trust me, I'm 63 years old. There have been other insane times. We, yeah. th- we thought end times was 1968. Really? Okay. Yeah. And that was what? Cuban Missile Crisis? No, that was 62. That was oh, another yeah. end time. 1968, um, Martin Luther King gets killed, Jr. Bobby Kennedy gets killed. The Chicago riots. There was just craziness happening everywhere. Yeah. And there were a lot of, um, uh, in the United States, there were a lot of um, riots and such going on. So uh-huh. it, it seemed like the end time. So I've lived through several end times, and I'm here to talk about it. So, yeah. But still, we could pray for Ukraine, and, and I, I hope it... It does. Everything does. This is helpful to me to not panic. It would be trippy to picture being back then and seeing all those assassinations. And yeah, 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 yeah. Don't mm. panic. Don't panic. Don't panic. I'll leave on that positive note. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having I me. Love I appreciate it. it. The story's inspiring. It's great. <laughs> Very good. If I can do it, anybody can. <laughs> Absolutely. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. Thanks for coming. Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody.